Welcome to Finish Lines and Milestones with Allie Brettnacher. Incredible stories and tales of triumphs with everyday people achieving their goals in fitness. This podcast brought to you by Athlete Bouquets. Celebrate finish lines and milestones of the people that you love by visiting athletebouquets.com. Hey, it's Allie. Happy March. I am back from Vegas where I ran the rock and roll half marathon last Sunday. And I got my redemption that I was seeking. I'm in the middle of writing a recap. So if you want to see that, make sure you're signed up for either Athlete Bouquets emails or follow me at Athlete Bouquets on Instagram. I should have that posted actually the day that perhaps you listen to this podcast on March 1st. So we shall see. It was excellent. Had a great time. Uh, had a great time in the race as well. And enjoyed time with my aunt, my dad. My dad's cousin and his sons were all there. They run every single year. And so I've joined them in 2022 and now this year. And then I signed up for next year. So Vegas was was so great. Such an entertaining race. Different and then it's in the evening. And it's on the strip. So you get to see all the crazy lights, see all the people. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough. So if you're interested, definitely think about joining me next year. One other thing I want to talk about is next week is No More Week. There's an organization called No More Org, and their mission is to end domestic and sexual violence, which you know now more than ever is so incredibly important. And my guest on episode 17, Eileen Poor, she shares her story of survival. Uh, she survived sexual assault, and it is the most listened to episode of this podcast. It also happens to be one of the longest episodes, but it's it's certainly worth your time. But in solidarity with Eileen, we are running next Wednesday, March 6th at 5.30 p.m. We're going to meet on the Monon in Carmel across from the Sun King Brewery in Midtown. Great news if you're not local or if you can't make it that night, it's 20 bucks. Sign up. You can run a 5K virtually anytime during next week the 4th through the 11th specifically. So that link will be in the show notes, also uh, on my Instagram at Athlete Bouquets. So thank you for your support. Today's guest is Holly Reed, a new-ish friend of mine. I actually was a guest on her podcast last December. And before we dive into the episode, there were a couple of things I wanted to point out that I missed either defining or missed coming back to at the end of the episode. So first of all, a couple definitions. CIM, when referenced, that is the California International Marathon. Uh, OTQ stands for Olympic Trials Qualifier. So that when you say you're going for an OTQ, you're going for a time that qualifies you to run in the Olympic Trials, which then the top three go to the Olympics. We mentioned Joan Benet Samuelson. She is the first women's Olympic marathon champion. So Holly has had a couple of run-ins with her. So know that that's a big deal. <laughs> and then we didn't go back to Holly's goals when it comes to Boston. So while she has qualified for Boston in every marathon she's run so far, she's never run. And part of the reason is that she wants to run as an elite runner in Boston. So she has set that as a goal for herself. And certainly as an almost master's runner, that is something that, that is 100% attainable. And I can't wait to, to cheer her on on that front. So during this episode, we talk about really two major topics. So we talk about this amazing, secretive, exclusive Dreamweaver program that 
Holly has been a part of for the last couple of years through Nike. And so we, we talk a lot about that and her experiences in attempting an Olympic uh, trials qualifying time. We talk a lot about the ins and outs of the program itself, how Nike has taken great care of these women who are all looking to qualify for the trials, but just all in different stages, perhaps even of running. And it was really cool to hear about that finally. She wasn't able to talk about it while she was in the program. So now we have all the details. And we also talk about while she hasn't achieved that OTQ, she's still after it. And the second topic that we we tackle is all of the health issues that she's been going through the last few years. So she finally figured out that all of this pain and suffering she's gone through, that her family has gone through, uh, was all due to black mold in her furnace that she discovered. Such an ordeal. We talk about that. It's a great wake-up call to anybody who, you know, perhaps has issues they don't know what's caused by, but just to make sure that it's not something that that could be in your home. We also end with talking about her business uh, and her podcast, Be Gritty, and the Facebook community that goes along with that. So I, I really encourage you to listen to this entire episode. Holly is just really incredible, and she's certainly somebody that you're going to want to be cheering on as well. So without further ado... Here's Holly. Hello, I'm here with Holly Reed. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I am good. How are you? Good. We are kind of awkwardly close we together. We are awkward. But it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's great. We're, we're going we're gonna to be, you know, intimate setting, get to know each other really well. You yeah, know. absolutely. We're going for it. And we are. Absolutely. I'm so <laughs> excited to see you again. It's yes. been how long ago since we first met? Oh, my gosh. So we recorded your podcast episode on mine in December. So it's almost March. December. Yeah. Oh, it wow. It like the, the early December. That's longer than I thought, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> good to see you again. Yes. In real life. In real life. And so you are lift, run, recover on Instagram. Yes. That might be changing, but I haven't decided it yet. Okay. But for now. But for now. And then the Be Gritty podcast. Yes. Yes. And the name of your business? Grit Performance Coaching. Grit Performance Coaching. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Because I want to know more. <laughs> But yeah, thanks for doing this. Yes. I am really excited to talk about this secret <laughs> Nike club that you've been in now literally for years. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. And unable to talk about it. Yeah. And now you can. Yes. So now you can tell everybody everything. Yes. And so I'll let you tell us where to start because I don't even really know. Okay. Yeah. Let's, I mean, we can dive in right into that. So basically... A little background story. So I've, you know, tried to make the Olympic trials like for seven years now, right? And I started, I took like 10 years off marathon or running, not just marathon training. I wasn't marathon training in my 20s, but I took like 10 years off after college. I was burnt out. I quit in the middle of college, like just not a great experience for me. And then I had moved to this little mountain town in Northern California and I was at this ministry school and like Ryan and Sarah Hall show up. And they're in ministry school with me. And that was super interesting and crazy and like, okay, that's cool. So what is a ministry school? It's like, uh, I mean, it's like, it's, this one's hard to explain because it's, <laughs> it's, it's not like actually accredited college necessarily, but okay. it's like, it was kind of like 
almost more like inner healing stuff than anything. But is it can, religious? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, I think yeah, yeah. when I hear ministry. Yes. So. Yes. So it's like a religious, like just kind of learning more about God and you know all the things. Like okay. That. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And for and for people who don't know, Sarah yeah. and Ryan Hall are pro runners. Yes. <laughs> people, you know, some yeah. people follow sport, NBD. some don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No big deal. But yeah. I mean, Sarah's a pretty. What did she finish? Fifth at the trials. Yes. Yeah. So oh, she's a big deal. But yeah. 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 So. um so I was in my like sabbatical from running. I had started a running club at the school. And so I had started running for like a few months. Again, I had taken several years off by that point. I was 25, I think. So I'd taken like three, four years off. And uh, so a year, like I, then I stopped that because I got sick and I was just like, I'm tired of being sick, you know, running. And so, and I had nothing to train for because basically after college, right, you're like, well, unless you're a pro, you're done. At least... At yeah. least 20 years ago. Like, yeah. that was the – I'm 38 next week. Like, that was the thing. Like, you turn pro out of college or you're done. There was yeah. no social media. There was no – you know, all that was just coming out. So you didn't know about Olympic trials and, like, well, you did, but you didn't think you could go. You right. Know? It's so interesting. Anyway, sorry, I'm making this a very not no, long this story. No, this, <laughs> this is what we're here for. So about a year later, uh, we were getting ready for our second-year graduation. I was sitting in the back of the – church with Sarah and she's like when are you going to start running again and I was like I looked at her okay Sarah's like what three and a half years older than me something like that so she's a pro at this time she is a pro yeah she was just switched to the marathon okay so this was 2012 this was the year that like Ryan ran in the London Olympics and anyway so we're like sitting there it's 2000. 13, actually, at this point. And uh, and she's like, when are you going to run again? And I was like, Sarah, I'm past my prime. Like, <laughs> dumbest comment <laughs> I've ever made in my life. But that was the attitude back then is like, unless, like, if you didn't peak in college, like, that was it, you know, yeah. for you. You're done. So yeah. I realize now that that was really dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> because... I'm 38, and and by the time I was 36, I broke every PR that I had in high school and college. It's crazy. And so I didn't know what I didn't know, but she, you know, kept encouraging me to run. And finally, in like 2015, I texted her and I was like, I think I can run three miles at 8.30 pace. You want to go for a run? (laughs) Uh, It took till a couple more months to get our schedules figured out, but we went and ran like seven miles together and... And it was fun. And, you know, like, and then there was this guy who was like, I could coach you. Like, I took a bunch of years off my 20s, made the Olympic trials in my 30s, and uh, I know exactly how to coach you. And so I was like, he ran in the marathon Olympic trials in 84, and he qualified in 88, but got hurt. So, and he was like, um, I think uh, he was a 214 marathoner. And this was before, like, he's like 76 now. Like, this was like a long time ago before super shoes and all the things. So he was very fast. And so he just decided to start coaching me for free. So between him and Sarah, I finally, like, got back to running at 29 years old. (laughs) Way past your prime. Way past my prime. Way past. (laughs) So this was, like, several years, right? Yeah. And and so then I had a kid in 2016. So I ran for, like, four months again and then stopped. Okay. And then I had a kid and my first son and... And then I didn't run until, and that was like, I had him in October 2016. I didn't start running till August 2017 or July 2017, somewhere in there. Okay. And now I've been running ever since. Yeah. <laughs> but the goal was, my coach was like, you can make the Olympic trials for the marathon. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but 
Olympic, sure. Like, you know, so yeah. I was like, let's try. And I ran, I ran my first marathon in 2018 and uh, ran a 303. Jeez. I had one bathroom stop and I had had a stomach virus the two weeks leading up to it. But somehow I still, we wanted to break three hours, but I was like, I don't really know anything about any of this. I think I had like five chews the entire run and maybe a sip of Gatorade. I'm not really like, I didn't take any fuel really. And so I just followed my friend because she was a seasoned marathoner and I hung on to her till mile 17 and she took off and broke three hours and I ran 303 and I was like, that was fun. (laughs) <laughs> like so I was like yeah. let's do that again and let's try and make the trials so I I trained and in December of 2018 I ran CIM okay and I was like wait, I, so wait did you say the name of the marathon you ran first? oh Eugene okay yeah, yeah you Eugene did. okay so Eugene yeah in Oregon yeah and then which was really significant for me because I grew up in Oregon yeah and they tore the track down the next week and all my state meets and for high school and stuff were there. And in college, I ran a lot there. And I never had a good race. So to, like, come back and be able to finish on that track. As your, fir- and uh, your first yeah, marathon? Yeah. It was, like, really healing. It was really That's cool. That's really cool. So anyway, fast forward. I run CIM. It was uh, – I, I went out with the pace group and uh, for 245. And I made it to mile nine. And uh, the buses were late. Like, there was a whole huge story. The buses were late. I didn't get a warm-up. I, I never trust the buses at CIM. Just a little thing out there, like drive yourself to the start or have someone Jeez. drive you. Yeah. Because um, even with my Dreamweaver teammates a couple of years ago, they were late again. Like, so it was a huge thing. So anyway, I never got to go to the bathroom. Oh and I already had stomach issues anyway. So I had eight bathroom stops in that, uh, seven or eight, something like that, in that uh, marathon. Jeez. And, and I saw the trial slipping away, but I was like, I can still PR, you know, so I broke three hours, ran 255.01, and I missed the Olympic trials by 10 minutes and one second because I was in the bathroom probably that entire time. time. (laughs) That is wild that you broke three hours with like seven or eight bathroom stops. Yeah, and my coach is the finish line official at CIM, and I crossed the finish line, and he's like, I was like, you know, I thought I'd be a lot happier when I broke three hours. But, but I think this just is gonna, devastating. I, think I just need to go to the bathroom again. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I did. Right. Yeah, I need to go clean up. Yeah. And like, yeah, Jeez. it was awful. So I missed the trials. And so we're like, let's try again. And I got so burnt out because I was training so hard. Yeah, and I, a lot. And I ran the Napa half and it was my worst time ever. And I was like, the LA Marathon accepted me into the elite field three weeks after that. And I was like, I hated those 13 miles. There's no way I'm going to run 26 like yeah. is so, Napa hilly does that have some elevation yeah yeah, yeah yeah especially from the midwest that's this weekend yeah it should be yeah 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 so in it was early like March. this yeah. yes so I was just like I'm done and my coach was like yeah I think you need to you know take a break mm. and I the whole time I was thinking because I had my one son but he was like now three uh, two and he was going to be three this next year wow. and I was like I was like I'd rather have another kid so I got pregnant that week, and we had another kid uh, wow. in November of 2019, my second son. Um, okay. So I watched the trials from my living room and with a three-month-old with my housemate who had made the trials but didn't go. But she had made it three times. So it's all relative. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, whatever. Why didn't she go? She was in the middle of dental school and just had, like, a lot going on. Yeah. And she had made it three times, you know. <sighs> so it was just one of those it just... She didn't feel the, like, pull to go and run or whatever, but I yeah. was like, give me your bib. I'll go run. <laughs> right. How is that? Was that hard for you? Because I feel like if it were me, I would have a hard time with that. 
Well, I understood it because that's how I've been with Boston. So it's just, to me, I was like, I understand because it's relative. I've qualified for Boston every time I've ran a marathon. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. But it wasn't a challenge for me, right? So I, I'm like, will I run Boston someday? I'm sure I will. But well, you like, still have it. No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I have goals around that, though. Okay. I do have goals around Let's that. Let's come back to that. Remind well, me. Yes. I'll forget. <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> but um, this is all leading up to the Dreamweaver question. This is my huge backstory. But... Basically, like I, so I understood her point, yeah. and so we all we watched it for my living room, you know, and it was fine and uh, fun. But I was like, I'm making it next time, and so we end up moving to Indiana in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> like all this stuff happened, you know. Very unpopular opinion. I started running like six days after I had my son, just because I needed to get out of the house. Six like, days. Yes. Well, and the thing is, my teammate, uh, like or training partner would run the day after she got out of the hospital you know so like interesting I've never met I've never met somebody who's done that but of course I've never really been around yeah people like you who are super runners (laughs) but you know and there's a lot of literature out there now like you know saying maybe that's not the best idea or whatever but for me I I ran really slow Mm. and I just needed I would run like a mile like just need to get out of the house and it was like like very slow pace for me you know like and I just didn't care. I just needed to move, you know? Yeah. So, but I trained for three months and I was like ready to come back and like do something. And then the mm-hmm. pandemic happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, and so I kind of stopped running for a little bit. And then we moved here and I freakishly rammed my foot into the corner of the couch and I couldn't run for 10 weeks. So I was like this really weird random time. But then I trained for Carmel 2021. Okay. The Carmel Marathon. And there was no pressure, you know. I was going to be 15 months postpartum. It was just like, let's get back, you know. And I seemed to always restart running in August. And so it was like August 2020, I started running again. My foot had healed. And I, so I was doing my little comeback tour. And I ran 245 at Carmel. Wow. And I had been working with my dietitian here who I found. Her name's uh, Jackie Dikos. And I had zero bathroom stops. And I was like... I don't even care about the time. I just care about the fact that, because I had so much trauma after that, like eight bathroom stops and like, yeah. made, you know, like I can never make the Olympic trials if I'm in the bathroom Yeah, that many times. So that was a huge deal. Like, and wow. it was, it was awesome. I got what the, do you think helped with, like, what do you attribute that to? Uh, well, we worked on, I took this, I can never remember the name, but it's a food sensitivity test, but not like the Everly Well or those kind. Like right. it was like this more scientific one. So I cut out a lot of things. I cut out coffee oh. for three months. I oh. cut out a lot of things, but it wasn't to be forever. It was just to heal my gut. Mm, that makes um, sense. And then we'd slowly reintroduce them back. And I felt the best I had ever felt during that season. Like still to this day, that was my like really strong, like just health wise. Yeah. Feeling really good. And then, so then I was like, okay, maybe I can start applying to these amateur programs. Cause I finally ran, like I was 245.14. So very close to the 2020 standard and the 2024 standard hadn't come out yet. When, how does that, how do the trial years work? I should know oh, this. Okay. But so like- they opened the window. So in, in 2020, for 2020, they had opened it in September of 2017, 2017, I think. Okay. So you had from September 2017 until Houston Marathon of 2020 to qualify for the 2020 trials. Okay, which is in January. Yeah. Yep. And okay. the trials were at the end. It was actually February 29th, four years ago. Oh. In Atlanta. So then this time they waited. 
long time before they ever said when the window was going to open. They waited a long time to say what the time was going to be. So this time they opened it January 1st of 2022. Okay. And you had it for 24. For 24. So their window is shorter, shorter. So much shorter. Like four months shorter, three months, yeah. September to January. Yeah. yeah. And then you, and that's for the marathon. If you qualify with a half, you only have one year. So that opens the following year. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's a little okay. bit. Yeah. And then you had up until 60 days before. So CIM ended up being the final race you could run. So gotcha. Houston was out this year. You couldn't run Houston in 2024 and qualify for the trials. CIM was it. Yeah, wow. Or that weekend was it, you know. So, so you had a two-year two-year window. So I started applying to programs in 2020 and 2021, and I kept getting rejected. And what describe what amateur programs are. So like uh, Run Rabbit has one, Tracksmith has okay. one. Like, so you're like sponsored, but you're not like you're not making you're not a, a living. You're yeah. Just... Like you're getting discounts on stuff or help with race entries or, you know, just different. Each program has different things. Like I think Tracksmith has where like if you get in, you get like fuel and stuff, you know, like whatever fuel you need. Like they had a partnership with a certain companies or whatever. Okay. okay. And then I think you get some gear and, you know, to race in and things like that. Okay. So uh, I kept getting denied. They're like, I think you're going to need to run a little faster because we don't know what the standard's going to be. So there was this big like, you know, is it going to be 240? Is it going to, what is it going to be? I kept thinking it was going to be 240 for the standard. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm only five minutes away from that. But they wanted people to kind of already be at what they thought it might be. Mm. So I kept getting rejected. And the standard came out was 237. And that's when, like, everyone's like, yeah, no, 245 is not going to cut it for our yeah. program, right? And I remember it was so funny. I remember saying to my husband, because I grew up an Oregon kid. Right. And, I was, and one of my dreams was to run for Nike. Because yeah. that's just. In your blood as an or it's in Oregonian. Is that how you say it? Yes, Oregonian. Oregonian. A funny word. It's not Oregon. It's Oregon. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, and I grew up in Coos Bay where Prefontaine grew up, you know, mm. like, so for half my life, then we moved to the Portland area. But, you know, so it's just in my blood. Yeah. And, <coughs> excuse me. Did your parents run? No. I am the only one in my family. And how many siblings do you have? I, I have two um, whole brothers and two stepbrothers. Okay. But I am the only runner in my extended. Wow. I had I had um, throwers, like track throwers, like uh, in my family, but I am the only, only runner. runner. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but I remember saying to my husband, like, I wish I could just run for Nike. I wish Nike had a program, like some sort of program for women trying to make the trials. And I kid you not, <laughs> the next day. I'm not lying. Like, I am not. I believe you. I am not lying. The next day, my friend Sarah Vetson messaged me on Instagram because she had seen me starting to get denied from all these programs. And I was getting really bummed out. And I'm like, it's okay. I get it. I'll prove myself. Mm. Like, whatever. You know, I know there has to be standards and I'm okay with that. And she's like, hey, you're going to get an email from Nike. I'm in this program and they're opening it up to a few more women. And I recommended you. It's not like spam, like don't delete it, <laughs> you know, like yeah. obviously I would think like this is not real, right? right? Yeah, um, Yeah, so I get this email and it's like you, you know, what would it be like if you could have shoes, fresh shoes on race day and shoes to the same shoes to practice in and, you know, because carbon shoes are expensive. I don't care what brand it is. They're expensive, yeah. you know, yeah. and what was the subject line of the email? So that's the one where I got accepted. Oh, okay. I'll get so, to that one. Okay, because I loved that so much. I know, I know. And but this one was really impactful, and I was trying to find it. I don't know if I accidentally deleted stuff, but like, but it was basically 
you know, and I running is expensive sport. People think it's free to run. It is not. Nope. It is very expensive. Sure isn't. And if you want to keep up and run fast, like you got to get the good shoes. And I would keep one pair. I had the pair from Carmel Marathon that like I bought and I'm like kept for years because I've like. I'm going to only race in these shoes. I'm not training in what, them. What uh, shoe was that? They were the Vaporfly 2s. Okay. And I was like, I'm I'm not going to touch these again until I race again. a PR yeah. race again, yeah. you know. So that was kind of how that was. And so, but we were getting to the point where my husband's like, Holly, like, this sport is costing us a lot of money, you know, because I'm seeing PT and all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. And your coach. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. my coach was free, which was nice. Oh, that's so, right. So that's good. Yeah. So that was Bonus. helpful. But yeah. So I was like... Shoes. I need shoes, you know. So I apply to this yeah. program, but I don't hear anything. This is like January. Okay. And I'm, I'm waiting, and we have a PT guy here, Daryl, and he's like, oh, I know that guy. Like, He's like, who's in charge of the program? I was like, Andrew Bumbleo or something. <laughs> he's like, oh, I know Bumby. And I was like, you're on a first-name basis with a nickname. Okay, cool. Like, can, um, And so he said he would put in a good word. To this day, I still don't know if he did. But on my birthday, so almost two years ago, I got an email that, um, and I was literally sitting at my computer trying to buy a pair of Mizuno running shoes because that's what I ran in. And they were like $60 and I just couldn't justify the price. I was, and I needed them because I was my, I was starting to get hurt. And, and I went for a run to go see my dietitian and I was just like so upset that I like was struggling to afford running shoes, you know? And I came back home to an email that said an invitation to dream. Ugh from Nike. And I was like, I just bawled my eyes out. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, I get into the program and I did, I thought I'm getting free shoes. Like that's just what I thought, which was good enough for me. Like, I mean, you yeah. know, and my friend told me, you know, you get about five pairs of shoes every quarter and quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of this like beyond what you can ask or imagine thing. I was just like, what's going on? Like a pair of um, Alpha Flies, a pair of Vapor Flies and three training shoes. Yeah, that's wild. Every three months. Yeah. Well, and what people don't know is when I first met you in your podcast studio, in your house, (laughs) in your office, you like have almost like it's like halfway up the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost all the way, the whole width of the room, Nike shoe boxes. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how I was like, what? So you just keep all your, you're like, no, these are. These are all the free shoes that I got. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. Well, and most of my hair ran in because I've been sick. Yeah. And so, um, Gosh. so it was super crazy. And I and during that season, I was actually crushing it. So this was like the winter of 2022. Okay. I, every race I ran it, because I started to get um, some help with my iron. I was getting mm-hmm, iron infusions. Mm-hmm. And like, I was breaking all my PRs from high school and college. I was 36 years old. And I was like, I was running 559. I ran the polar bear race here, which is like a 5K and a 10K. Um, and it's separated by like 20 minutes or whatever, you know, yeah. from when you finish. And I ran that at an average of like around six flat or 559 pace, which is what I needed to run the 237. For the marathon, I was like, oh, I got two years. I'm going to crush this. Like, I, this is not a problem. And I PR'd in the half just by doing like a tempo run for the Sam Costa run we have here. And I wore my old 4% shoes that the heel was falling off because my coach was like, you better not race it. Only do a tempo because I was racing a mm. lot. And I was like, fine. But I still PR'd by a minute. Jeez. And I was like, okay, like, this is awesome. And then I got sick. So, like, I get into the program, and literally three weeks later, I get sick. And I'm like, what is going on? Well, I ended up getting so sick. I had, like, CMV for eight weeks. So describe that. 
so CMV is basically like mono, but like a different strand or strain or something. And like I, I couldn't do anything. I was exhausted all the time. I'd sleep 10 hours at night and take naps during multiple naps during the day. Like I couldn't, it was like, they think stress like caused it or whatever. Were you working during this time? Yeah. Like I couldn't run. It was so like, it was so like, I went from like literally the top of my game to like the bottom. And I was like, what is going on? And this is all right when I get into this Nike Dreamweaver program. And I'm like, all right. And and here I am thinking I have to prove myself, right? Of course. Because yeah. I'm like, okay. Somebody Nike. finally accepted me. Like, and let's this is go. Nike. Yeah. Like, your dream. The biggest company and my dream. And I'm like, and here I am. I'm at, I'm at the peak. I get accepted and I just fell off the cliff. And I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. You know, so... I'm stressed about that. Because are you thinking they're going to kick you out of the program? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. You know, right. I mean, everyone's heard things about Nike and, you know, whatever. Sure. And I I was there in Oregon through a lot of things that stories that have come out and, you know, whatever. But I did. So I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Right. And so when I was sick, like I got back to running, I think, in June. So okay. that was like April and May. I was just completely out. And I got back to running, and we did this summer of speed thing. And I my fitness came back pretty quickly. And I went and ran outdoors masters, and I had some really good races there. Where does that take place? Is a it different place different, every year, okay. but this was in Kentucky, so it was close. So I was oh, like, I'm going nice. to go do that. Um, so I ran close to my PR for 10K or a 5K, and then I PR'd on the track for a 10K. So I was like, okay, we're back. Like, that was yeah. just a blip. Like, everything's fine. Yeah, weird. I had mono or what was yeah. the acronym? It's called CMV. CMV. So, yeah, yeah, you're just like, okay, I had that. I'm over it. Yeah. Let's go. I was like, we got time. We're fine. Right? So I start training. And in August, I like, I get really bad allergies here. I don't know. It's just weird. And I used to. I've aller- I do allergy shots now, and they've helped a lot. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, so I was just like, but I knew, like, mentally I was there. Like, Nike gave us a mental fitness test, and, like, I took that. And they're like, you score really high in these areas, but these other areas, like, this is where Olympians score really high. I'm like, I got to focus on what that. Is, what is – I want to hear more about what a mental <coughs> fitness test It's entails. just kind of like an evaluation of just – So it's like a multiple choice kind of scenario? Yeah, or is or it like, an interview based? No, it's more like um, like a – yeah, like a survey where it's almost like, I think this most of the time, some of the time, okay. never, all, you know, like those kind yeah, of like ranking scale things yeah. or like I, could, I pay attention to details or I, you know, just like all these different kinds of questions and it spits out like kind of where you're strongest mentally. Like, can you focus outward? Can you focus inward when you need to? Can you, um, you know, like, do you have a perception that, someone else is always in control of your life or that you're in control of your life, you know, kind of that locus mm. of control thing. Yeah. And so just like stuff like that. And so I scored pretty high on a lot of the things and, and low on a couple of things. And so I was like, okay, so mentally I'm pretty good, even though I went through that, like mm-hmm. it's fine. And I start training and I was like, CIM 2022, like this is it. Like I didn't want to run CIM again because of my horrible traumatic experience with the bathroom situation. Yeah. What city is that in in California? Sacramento. Okay. I should know that, but I... And I ran the relay the year before. I had ran the full, and I had four bathroom stops in the half. And so I was like, I have a history of really not great experiences with this race, you know? Yeah. So so I was a little nervous to have that be my OTQ attempt, right? But Nike was going to be there, and they were like we are going to get you all into the sub-elite field and, like, all this stuff, right? So we all got in. They paid for – Nike paid for all of our entries. 
I just had to get there. They paid for our hotel. They had food. Cool. They had this whole like tent set out outside where like we could talk to different Nike teams. We could make signs. Uh, they gave us like, you know, clothing. We could do some. We did like a bra fitting thing there. Like, I mean, just like all this stuff. All this stuff. And how many women are in this program? 120. By the way? 120. So it started with less than that. And then I was in wave two. And then they did a wave three this last year. Okay. So it ended up being with 120. And, uh, and so we get there. And of course, like, we have the latest shoes, you know, like they made sure we had fresh shoes for race day. And then Joan Benoit Samuelson came and hung out with us, had dinner with us, chatted with us, like gave us a speech the night before the race. But unfortunately, about three weeks before the race, I got the flu. <laughs> so bad that I couldn't run for like 12 days. Holly. I know. So I still went to the race because I had already bought my plane tickets and I was like, I'm just going to go hang out. And they're like, please still come, still be with us. And this was the beginning of me feeling like, wait, I can still come? Like in college, <laughs> like you get hurt or sick, you're like out, like come back when you're ready, you know, like when yeah. you're healthy. And and so like this, this was a totally different experience for me. So I was like, okay, I can still come. Okay, cool. So I'm there and I'm like, you know, there was a lot of people there that time. There was like over 50 people. and But a lot of them weren't racing. And I was like, there was like probably 10 of us that were just going and cheering. Wow. And I was like, okay, like this is totally cool. Like, uh, you know, we can be here and we don't, you know, different people were injured or had gotten sick or whatever, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I got to hang out the whole weekend. I got to, and then my coach, Brett, through, well, so my coach was there and then Brett, who is one of our physiologists, like he met with my coach and we kind of came up with a new game plan for 2023. But he's like, hey, let's go to the track and do some threshold testing. And so I still got to do some fun stuff and, um, and I got to see my coach and my friends from California. So yeah. that, was, that was really fun. So, but basically throughout the whole program, they would have these little events and do this kind of stuff, like come to races and they're out there supporting us and all wow. this stuff. And yeah, it was just cool. And it was fun to cheer. Yeah. And, and at this point too, like I mentioned early on, you can't talk about it. No, so we what, can't what was say the, anything. So what was the reasoning behind that? Did they tell you like, here's why we're keeping this under wraps? We want to... No, you know when they did the Breaking 2 project? Like... Yeah, I mean, I know about it, but I don't really... So Nike did that Breaking 2 project with Iliud Kipchoge and a couple yeah. of others. Yeah. And they didn't talk about it until right before the big event. But they had been doing stuff for two years. So yeah. same kind of okay. thing. So they were just like, you can tell like your friends and stuff, but you can't post about it on social media. Yeah. But, you know, it was like someone, I think in Fast Women, they said like it was the worst, best kept, best, worst kept secret or something like that. Like people knew. Knew, like, yeah. We had logos on every, like they started giving us clothes with logos on it. They started, you know, like they had like signs at the races that were all Dreamweaver logoed out, you know, like, okay. so it wasn't like this totally massively kept secret. We just couldn't go like public on social media. About yeah. It. Okay. And, and we didn't necessarily know why it was just, it was what it was. So that was yeah. what we did. Okay. But so it was kind of cool though. Cause you're like a part of this kind of like secret thing and yeah. you know, it's kind this of exclusive. Fun. Yeah. Nike yeah. But, but what was cool about it is it just didn't feel like this, exclusive thing in the sense of like you didn't belong you know like if you weren't running the times yeah. and you weren't because there was people in there that hadn't even ran a marathon yet or wow. maybe their PR was over three hours but they still had big goals to you know like so because in the first wave no one knew what the new standard was going to be so if it was going to be 245 again you know your PRs didn't have to be like massively crazy you know yeah. 
But there was just a lot of different people in the program, and they they weren't all necessarily going for the trials standard after it came out eight minutes faster. Some of them are like, well, we're out. We just can't do that, or we don't have the time, or mm. like we're just unsure. You know, some people had babies in the program. Yeah. No one got kicked out. That's cool. And so, so 2023 kind of rolls around, and they invite us all to a mini camp at Nike World Headquarters. Oh, my God. And they had done one, and I didn't get a go because it was during when I had CMV. And this this is the part that, that breaks be, my heart yeah, every that would time. Be really tough. I didn't get a go to that. <clears throat> also, you had to pay for your own flights to get out there, but everyone was going to run Eugene half, and Shalane Flanagan paced the, us all. But I didn't get to go to that one. I was like, that's the one I the that one thing I regret thing. about the whole program is like I didn't go to that one, you know, yeah. and so but I couldn't. I was too sick. I didn't yeah. want to get anybody sick. Um, but yeah, so Shalane Flanagan paced the half marathon at Eugene for all the Dreamweavers. That's cool. And they got to hang out with her for two days. And like, yeah, it was just really, really cool. But they did the camp again. And this time they're like, we're going to pay for everything. Your flights. We don't want any reason for you not to be able to come. Mm. And so I was like, cool. So they had one over my birthday. So I was like, that is the one I'm going to go to, yeah. you know? <coughs> so we w- I went out there, and we got to do all this fun, different stuff there. And they paid for a hotel. And I went out a little extra long because I wanted to go visit my family because I'm from there. And yeah, yeah. So that was really fun. Um, but they just spoil us, you know? Like, they treat us like pro athletes and, like, in an experience that none of us would have ever gotten. Yeah. Like, on our own. Like, no way. Like, there's very few sponsored athletes out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some women, like, like the girl that got fourth at the trials, right? right yeah. Like, Jess, like, she's unsponsored. You know what yeah, I mean? And she's, yeah. like, fourth at the Olympic trials. Like, so it's very hard to get a sponsorship. So to have, like, a company as big as Nike, like, just treat you like – they kept thanking us. They're like, thanks so much for being here. I'm like <laughs> – Okay. okay. You're welcome. You're welcome. But also, like, uh, I think you have this backwards. Yeah, like, yeah. But that was their attitude. They're like, thank you for being here. And thank you for sharing your lives with us and letting us be a part of your journey. And, like, and I'm and I'm sitting there, like, and I remember me and some of the girls talking about, like, why are they thanking us? Like, yeah. Like, they just paid for us all to come out here, paid for our hotel. Like, I mean, everything. We didn't have to think about a thing. They gave us, like, lift passes to get from the hotel, like, airport to the hotel. They ha- took us out to dinner. Like, they thought of everything. They had breakfast catered. Like, all this stuff. Like, yeah. And it was just – it was fun. Like, it was one of those, like, is this my life right now? Please pinch me. But I don't want to wake up from this, you know? Yeah. And how long was the camp? Uh, So two full days. Okay. So, like, I flew out there on Saturday. Everyone kind of flew in on Sunday. And then, so we had the, like, and then we left on Wednesday. Okay. And some people left, like, Tuesday night, but it was, like, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. And so did you take off work then? Yeah. Well, I work for myself. Okay. And you did at that, or I guess, okay. Yeah. 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 That was just 2023. Sorry. Yeah. So I have, yeah, I've worked for myself. So you did. You requested PTO. Yeah. You were accepted. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I didn't get paid, but I was accepted. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah. PTO, paid time off. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) yeah. So it was fun. And, and then, yeah. So we got to like, like see how we performed in different shoes and like, which shoes should we race in? And like, you know, just kind of fun stuff like that. Like, and, you know, just to help us in our training, like everything they could do to like give us like what 
we would need to perform. So did you do like I picture a room with a treadmill and you're like hooked up or like oxygen mat like oh yeah stuff like we that did all stuff. Of that. We did all of that. What do they? That's like how they test your like VO2. VO2. Yeah. yeah, which they didn't do that there. They did have some of that data, but it was a little because we were wearing that and um, but they were testing more our efficiency in mm. different shoes. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yeah, that's like, really neat. So we tested like our training shoes, our preferred racing shoe, and then. Uh, like the alpha flies. So did they help you determine then? They're like, hey, based on all this testing, our recommendation is that you race in the Vaporfly versus, you know, whatever. Yeah, which they told me alpha fly, and I was like, I hate that shoe. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I was like, I didn't like it. Like, I loved the Vaporfly. And I started to learn to like the alpha fly. And they were like, Holly, you need to train in it. Like, your body mechanics have to learn the shoe. And I'm like, no, you don't train in these. You save these. Yeah. Like, these are expensive. (laughs) They're like, Holly, we're sending you them every three months so that you have them to train in and race in. And so it took me like a year in the program to like break off that like poverty mentality of like save the shoe, you know? yeah. And actually- Because how much do they cost? They're like over $200? They're like $285. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you can't just take those out on a random Tuesday. And you're not supposed, for super shoes, like how many miles- Typically, you're supposed to put on. So those. that was a big thing that we learned that that's the the data out there actually shows they last a whole lot longer than what's been said. Uh, well, I mean, you know, marketing because <laughs> yeah. they're marketing. like, oh yeah, you need these every every. I mean, they la- like your your most efficiency is probably in the first fifty, or, like or your most bounce. I think yeah. is in the first fifty miles, but they're okay. still efficient for quite a while. Yeah. So I, I mean, I started training in the vapor flies all the time in 2023 in the in the winter when I was doing a lot of training. I was doing double speed workouts, and on the same day, twice a week, I was doing some of the lactate threshold kind of training. Yeah, the Norwegians do, you know. So I was testing that out. I don't know what that means at all. So it's like <laughs> training around where the <laughs> lactate levels in your blood like are like lower and higher, and you're just you're just kind of. Um, you can handle more work because you're not going like to death on every workout. You're, okay. you're, it's controlled. Yeah. You know. But yeah, so I was using my shoes a lot, and they worked for me for a couple hundred miles. Wow. So, but yeah, we got to help develop the Alpha Fly Three. Like I got to test it. I mean, I was like That's running cool. in it, you know, a year before it was even released, you know, and getting to help like put my input in there and. So we got to do a lot of things like but the biggest part was like our community, our Slack channel mm-hmm. where we all just like, hey, we have a nutrition question or, and they had a dietitian for us. They had a psychologist for us. They had different webinars and stuff. They had like different companies they'd partner with to get us different things like fuel or whatever. Like, yeah. And they'd send it like they sent us when I didn't get to go to that one first mini camp. They sent everyone who didn't get to go like this gift box with like a hypervolt go and like protein powder and like all this stuff, you know, yeah. like. Yeah. And then they started sending us clothes. And I was like, OK, this is awesome. You know, so yeah. like we'd get like a winter thing of like pants and a jacket and like a hoodie or you know or yeah. a zip up or whatever Was everything logoed or like everything no just nike the, okay the logo stuff started to come at the end of the program which okay. is funny yeah. um so in chicago when we, i went there I, again i so i was training after mini camp i was like they're like you can run 240 at carmel like you could probably try for the olympic trials but let's wait till grandma's and i was like okay so three weeks later i went to go run carmel but i had gotten sick again yeah during the taper, but I was like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. And I go out and I start running the marathon. 
And Carmel's the one I love because I had no bathroom stops. I ran a 10-minute PR, ran 245. So I'm like, okay, I can drop another five, three, five minutes, right? And every mile felt worse than the one before Mm. from the get-go. And I was like, what is going on? Well, come to find out a week later, I had pneumonia. (laughs) So... It just, what? yeah, it was just this constant thing. I kept getting sick and I couldn't ever make so it to a race. So the sickness you had before that race was more like cold-like versus flu issues? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I was coughing. Like respiratory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and what time did you run? Well, I dropped out of the half. Okay. Which, so. <laughs> smart. Yeah, yeah. Because with the caramel, you come, you come around, it's right? so, that is a mental, I've never done the full. Yeah. Part of it is because of that because I just... Running through the, the only finish. time I've ever done yeah. that was in Philly. It was the only time I've ever like set out to run a race and like yeah. did not complete the race I set out to run. I was supposed to run full. I got super sick. I had no business even running the half. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, I'm here. Yeah. And I'll just who cares what my time is? Exactly. I'll just do it. But yeah, come the half. People kept trying to be like, you can, you can fight through it. Just don't give. It. I'm like, well, I see that I can go this way, and that the finish line's right there, or I can go this way and like run another 13 miles. I'm gonna just be done. Yeah, they should not ever make that. I think it's a so lot of hard. People... It gives you that like yeah, out. It does, and I needed the out though. You, like, well, yeah, I can only imagine. I went what nine you... miles hard, and then I was like, I can't do this. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. I saw my family. I'm like, don't go to mile 20. I'm dropping out. <sighs> Gosh. Which I've never DNF'd yeah. a, mar- a, a marathon. Yeah. Never. Yeah. had never done that. But so I dropped down to like seven minute pace or whatever and 720s and I just stopped. Yeah. I think yeah. I ran like a 126 half or something yeah. and I was just like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like I And, and my questioning started to go to the training because, you know, Nike was now coaching me <sighs> and I was like, did, the, did, I, did this not work? Like, right. Did yeah. I do too much and it got yeah. me overrun? Yeah. Like, yeah. But come to find out it was pneumonia. So pneumonia. When did you find that out? A week after Carmel. I ended up in the ER with not being able to breathe. Like, yeah. <laughs> and and you I probably I went, felt like, did you feel like crap then that entire week? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I went mean, to three different doctors and they were like, you definitely don't have pneumonia. Well, I went to urgent care and they're like, you definitely have pneumonia. How do they test for that? An x-ray. Okay, Jesus. No one took an x-ray. The first doctor didn't even listen to my lungs. So, you know. This is, I mean, it's just a great, hey, be your own advocate. Yep. I mean, doctors are smart people, but, you know. They see a lot of people. They do. With a lot of symptoms. And, you know, it, it just is what it is. And yeah. so then I tried to train for grandmas and Nike was going to be there. And this is like part of the dream we were thing that like just kept blowing my mind. So we're driving up to grandma's marathon from here, which is like a 12 hour drive. And I realized halfway up there, like after we had stayed the night in a tiny town and we we're like two hours from the, the uh, Duluth, I was like, I forgot my scratch lab super fuel. I don't have my fuel. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, and this time it was the first time I was ever going to have my name on my bib. Like I was so oh. excited. I was in the elite field. Um, I didn't get water bottle privileges because my PRs weren't that good. But I was at least there with a name on my bib. Yeah. And... I text Brett, my coach from Nike, and I was like, I forgot my scratch super fuel. He goes, I'm landing in 30 minutes. I'll go find you some in Minneapolis. Yeah. And I was like, Brett, I'm not even making an OTQ attempt at this race. Like, I'm just trying to survive this race because basically the pneumonia took me out. I couldn't. Yeah. The OTQ attempt wasn't happening, but I just wanted to run a marathon. Like, I was like, I haven't ran a marathon in two years. Like, I just yeah. want to run. Yeah. And he was like. He went all over Minneapolis with the team he was with to find me a bag 
of scratch. And he's like, what flavor? And I was like, I don't care. I was like, I, I mean, I have a preferred one, yeah. but like really whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so he sends me a picture two hours later. I found it. And it brings it to me in Duluth. And I'm just like, but I'm not even trying to make the trials. Like, I'm yeah. not a pro. I'm not like, you know. And he's like, you needed it, though. Yeah. And I'm like, just stuff like that. Like, those little things that, like, they would go out of their way yeah. to do. Wow. And I'm like, and I ran my worst marathon time ever. And I'll tell you what, like, so they rented some bikes and they were, they ended up getting kicked off the course. But for oh. a little bit, they were, like, <laughs> riding their bikes on the course, you know, just following all of us. And if you ever watch the Breaking 2 documentary or the one where Iliud actually did break what two hours. What network is that on? Oh, gosh. I got to search for it. Is it? I've never watched it. And then Amazon, I think, is the one that has the one where Iliud actually did break two hours. Yeah, okay. Where it wasn't a Nike thing. But Brett was there on the bike next to him. So he's in. He's like the physiologist in this. That's so cool. And when I'm sick in March, I'm watching this. And I'm like, that's Brett. Like, And I message him and I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry for everything I've ever doubted uh, in the training. And uh, you definitely know what you're talking about. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, and I'm just like, what is going on? It was so crazy to me, like, that I had this level of person who literally works with that level the of person helping me yeah. and running around getting me scratch labs. Like, <laughs> I was uh. like, what is my life right now? Right? Yeah. But that's just who he is and who they were to us, you know? And um, and so when I ran grandma's, I was coming in. It was my slowest marathon time ever. You Which know? is what? Sorry, it, I it spit on you. Th- no, no, okay. <laughs> it was 3.07. So okay. half an hour off the mark, you know? Um, yeah. But I'm, like, racing this girl at the finish just because, you know, we're runners. And it right. doesn't matter You're where we're. We're always competitive. We're always competitive. And they are cheering for me. Him and Brian, I'll remember, were cheering for me at the top of their lungs as if I'm about to win a gold medal at the Olympics. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding you. It's... Like, like, holy God, like just all. And I'm like, guys, like, like, why are you even still out here? Like Gabby finished Aww. 40 minutes ago. Like why, yeah. you know, like, and, and they were still there waiting for me to yeah. come in. And I think there was maybe one other dream weaver behind me. And, but in the race, he rode his bike next to me and I was like at mile six or seven, I was starting to die. Yeah. I went out too hard, 620 pace, and I had no business being there for that long. And uh, and he was just like, stay calm. You got this. And I was in this moment where I was like, he was right there next to Iliud when he broke two hours on his bike. <laughs> and here he is right here next to me. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> you know, like it was just this really weird, surreal moment. And I'm forever thankful that I did choose to show up and run that race because I got those moments, you know, mm-hmm. and I got to learn something about myself and what I, you know, should be treated like just as a human, you know, and like yes, yes, how yes. we all should be treated and loved. And right. Um, and that you're, you're not your worth is not defined by my time, by on the your clock. time. Yeah. And, that's, like, and you can say that to any runner because, yeah. or any runner who is competitive and yeah. thinks about that yeah. because a lot of times you get so wrapped up in it. Oh, and I did. Like I wouldn't even, cause I went from 303 to 255 to 245. Those are my three marathons. <sighs> yeah. So I'm like, well now I have to go 230 something. Yeah. And I wouldn't run a marathon unless I thought I could. So yeah. when I ran a 307, it broke all that off. I'm like, we started back up here now yeah. and we got to yeah. come back down, you know? Yeah. And, and it broke all that off for me, you know? Yeah. So 
But that's the other thing that I, I think I wanted to say about the Dreamweaver program. And so in the mini camps, they had one for specifically for moms with babies. Oh, okay. And they brought in nannies. They let their partners come. They set up breastfeeding rooms. Mm. They had all the top baby equipment, like, for the babies to play. Mm. They brought in the, like, child psychologist. They, like, you know, who was also our psychologist. But they just, like, outdid themselves. And I'm thinking, like, the narrative about Nike. Right. I was, like, thinking to myself, (laughs) well, it's about damn time. Because they get a lot of shit. They do. They do. But what I experienced and what I saw... And it wasn't something that they were trying to prove that they're not mm-hmm. what's out there. Like, because did they talk about it for two years? Right, right. Yeah. And that was the interesting thing to me. I'm like, I'm for two years, I'm watching people just... Rip Nike apart. Rip, yeah, especially yeah. in the last two years. Right, with Kara's book. Yeah. How can you not think yeah. like that? And and, I, and I'm not saying... Any, that is a valid, her right. experience, totally, like... Uh, I was in Oregon during all of that. Yeah. And Salazar was Galen's coach. Galen, Galen and I went to the, uh, we're in the same high school conference. Wow. So I had some run ins with Salazar. Not, yeah. Let's yeah. just say, like, I feel super bad for Galen. Yeah. You know? Horrible. And, yeah. and obviously, like, things maybe were not done correctly. I haven't read her book, so I don't know all the details. Yeah. But I remember living it, like, watching yeah. it, a lot of it go down while it was happening. And, you know, so here I am having this completely opposite experience. Yeah. And and I kept going to myself, like, Nike's not defending themselves. Like, I'm literally watching this stuff, like, and experiencing something completely different. And they have they have no need to defend themselves, you know. And, and I'm such a justice person that I'm like, and I don't think anybody needs to defend themselves against what Kara's experience was. Right. So I'm not saying that. Like, what she experienced was 100% true and valid, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that should never happen, you yeah. know. But I started to just think to myself, well, if we allow people to change, then we should allow companies to change. And organizations are made up of people. Yeah. And if you get the right people in there that are like a Brett and a Brian and all the people on the staff with us and Carrie and who really care about moms and family. And yeah. I mean, they brought their kids to the races and my, they were like, Hey, bring Titus with you when you come up to Chicago since you're not racing. And they loved on him. Like he was their own. They let him make bracelets and oh, do all the stuff. Yeah. And like, it was just awesome. They're like, yeah, he belongs. You belong. He belongs. And like when I when Joan came again to Chicago and wanted to talk to us, the microphone got all high pitched and my son's really sensitive to that kind of stuff. And so one of the Nike staff came up and was like, here, I'll take him out so you can still listen. Yeah. And like played with him, you know, and and she's like, hey, anytime you come to Portland, bring Titus and we'll do playdates because she has an eight year old son, you know, and they they all have sons around my um, son's age. And so they would just all play together. And it was just like. It was normal. Like, this is life. This is life with kids. And they all get it. And every time they would come to a race, Brett would get up and say, you all belong. Whether you're here to watch, whether you're pregnant now, whether you're postpartum, whether you're sick, or whether you're about to have the best dang race or the worst race you've ever had in your life, we're all going to come back to this room afterwards and you all belong. And it was just this, you know, they gave us, send us these necklaces mm. as our parting gift this week. Yeah. Because the program's ending this week. And on the back, it says, you belong. 
And I was like, that sums it up. Yeah. It didn't matter if you were a mom or not or whatever. Like, you belonged and they belonged, the kids, everybody. And it was just this polar experience, polar opposite experience. Yeah. To the narrative. And they didn't feel the need to, like, go out and tell everybody about it. They just treated us with the respect that everyone should be treated with. And it was awesome. So. So cool. Yeah, it was so cool. Like, what? I mean. I mean, the clothes and the shoes were cool. And I'm forever grateful for all that because I probably have enough shoes to last me for another couple of years. Because I wasn't running half the time I was in the program. Yeah. But just the way that they made me feel. That will stick with me for a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and we'll talk about more about your health here. <laughs> yeah. I know. That took a really long time no, to answer your question. Sorry. I'm no, like that, I wanted to hear all of that. Yeah. And so, you know how, like, when somebody, I don't know, after you achieve what you've set out to achieve, or after you get your sixth star, or after we yeah. get whatever it is, you hit that milestone. Like, <laughs> like now, yeah, what are you, this program's ending. How, I just want to cry. Yeah. We don't I mean, believe it. None of us. We're on the Slack ugh. channel. We're like, so in case this is actually ending, yeah. like, can we have another Slack group for right. all of us? Like, yeah. So How do we keep yeah, talking? Yeah. 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 So we're trying to figure out some of that stuff. We're like, but everyone says, if this is actually, like, everyone's in denial. Like, it's yeah. the first stage of grief, right? Like, we're all in denial. And right. what is hard for me is that I never achieved the goal that I had in the program. I never even had an OTQ attempt because mm-hmm. I couldn't make it to the start line. And the one time I did, it was just to finish the race. Yeah. Excuse me. But yeah, like, gosh, there's still so much I could say about all that. But yeah, they just like ran up and hugged me after the race and were just like so proud of me that I finished and I showed up and I did it. It was just yeah. crazy. But yeah, so the program's ending. And so it's like, for me, it's like, what's next is. I'm still going for it, man. Hell yeah, you are. <laughs> like, I know I'm going to be 38, but Kira broke records at 38. Iliud broke two hours at 38. Like, right. I, like and now with the health stuff, we figured it out. On. We figured it out. And that was another thing. So we figured out, I'll just enjoy yeah, it here. We figured yeah. it out that it was mold blowing through my furnace for who knows how long. So luckily it wasn't in all the walls and stuff. But I finally, and everyone's like, well, how'd you figure that out? I'm like, well... Right. I finally called to get our ducts clean because I was, like, noticing that every time the furnace would turn on, I'd cough at night. Yeah, interesting. And so um, I was like, maybe it's just dust. Like, maybe it's just, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, I was thinking I was allergic to Indiana. I'm still not sure I'm not, but, like, (laughs) um, it's fine. Uh, But um, they they cut out part of the trunk line, which is the what comes off the furnace, and it was covered in mold. It was just black. And gray and horrible. Yeah, it was really horrible. Uh, Turns out, like fifty feet of our trunk line was just black, and it was just blowing. So, in these things, because I want part of this to be a PSA for people. PSA. So PSA. You know, you had (laughs) check your ducks. Yeah, check your ducks. There's so during when you buy a home. Yeah. Typically. And I don't know if you even know this part of it, but like, do they check for that kind of stuff? It seems to me like now with things and, um, you know, Teresa Weirich now through this, um, and she's the reason I started this podcast, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, but she, you know, they figured this out, but it's like, man, shouldn't that now be part of it? A hundred percent should be part of the home inspection because people move into homes, have no idea that all of a sudden it's going to cause these for three years. For years. It's, it's, Some people is way longer. Yeah, it's it's really 
infuriating and yeah. heartbreaking that something like that could be prevented. Um, yeah. Well, and this is not something I don't think anyone could have found unless they tested the air in our house. So because it wasn't on the walls, it wasn't like growing anywhere that you could, could see. see. Visibly see, of course. But shouldn't you like go in a furnace and like, I don't know anything about anything so they had like to this, cut. but can you like stick something in there and be like, wiggle it around and be like, is there mold on this? I mean, maybe you, now, like that I probably now that I know more about it, right. probably. Um, I think that they had to cut our trunk line. That's not part of a normal inspection. Like, how did they know? How did they think, well, we're just going to do... Like, they had to cut into it to put their machine in it. Okay, okay. To clean it. Okay. So, you know, I guess my thing would be to tell people, get your ducts cleaned before you moved into a house. Yeah. That's one thing. If it, okay. If it happens to be in there and in the furnace... We had our ducks cleaned in our house before the one we lived in in California. The guy just did it because he, like, built the house. Like, yeah. So he made sure it was, like, huh. tip-top shape. But, yeah, so I I, I don't know. Like, I, I would say get the air tested. Yeah. Because if there's more mold in your house than there is outside, they'll test the air outside. Then they'll test the air in your house. You mm-hmm. know there's mold somewhere. Mm-hmm. Then it's where is it? And I think yeah. that was the hardest part for me is, like, my dietician knew it was mold the whole time. She knew. And I was like, well, everyone just tells me Indiana's filled with mold in the air. So wh- what am I supposed to do about that? Like live in a bubble? I don't really know. Like, So she was telling she you. Knew. She knew the whole time. So what do you, okay. But I didn't know what to, like. But I, what do you, so she knew and told you or she. She kn- told me. She was like, you have, it's like, but it's outside. It's Indiana mold. She, she wasn't saying that necessarily. Other people were telling me that there's mold all through Indiana, like just in the air. Yeah. And then I got allergy tested and I'm allergic to like all every kind of mold and <laughs> corn mold specifically. Oh, great. I'm like, oh, great. So we moved to the corn there, country. There's none. There's no corn mold here. Yeah, so it's just, it's just all in everywhere. the air. So I'm thinking, well, how do I get away from that? You know, like I can't unless I move. Right. Are you thinking at that point? Did we you have were a discussion? Think, yeah, we were, yeah. We've had a lot of discussions. Well, yeah. Because, like, my kids don't have their mom. Like, I mean, just sick all the time. Yeah. Like, it's and, awful. And you moved here originally. Was it for your husband's job? or I husband's can't remember. You told, your husband's family. Yeah. Because now you have young kids. Yeah. You're coming to be closer to family. Yeah. Yeah, I am not from here. This is not my home. <laughs> <laughs> you say that with so much. So, I know. I'm sorry. So much spite. But I would. I but I've been sick the entire time I've been here. So it. Ha- I, it I haven't had a fair chance to fall in love with Indiana. That is fair. You know, um, it's been pain the entire time so I think yeah I guess a PSA would just be like when you move into a house get an inspection for mold Mm -hmm. like just do it it's expensive we had to pay $1,300 to get the mold tested once they found it wow because he came in and spent like four or five hours in our house just trying to find anywhere else it could be yeah and it was just all in the furnace and the crawl space the crawl space was another big area and yeah so I should have I wish I had the name of this off the top of my head but I can add it um, in the notes for this episode, but Teresa told me they had this test that they used. It was like 300 bucks. You can buy it just on their website and you basically collect like dust or whatever yeah. from every single room in your house. We you did send that. it off. We and, did that two the, years ago. Did that not find it? It found a ton of mold, but again, it was all environmental. So we're like, oh. what? Do you, it's in the air then. Like, and so. I see. Okay. So really you need somebody to clean the, you need somebody to get in there. Cause even if it's like, yeah, there's mold in your house. Or check your basement, check the walls, check all that. We didn't check all that because we didn't see it growing anywhere. And it wasn't in our walls. That's the thing. We could have torn out every wall in our house. It wasn't there. Yeah. Like it was in the, it was in the furnace. Yeah. Man. Ugh. 
But when I found that out and I told everybody, because I started gaining all this weight, like, and and I don't care about gaining weight. I'm like, whatever. Like, I don't really pay attention to numbers like that. Yeah. But I've been trying to gain a certain amount of weight my entire life and have never hit that threshold. For 20 years, I have tried. And all of a sudden, in three months, I'm 10 pounds over that threshold. I'm like, huh. Uh, what? <laughs> like, what? What's happening? And then my body looks swollen. Like, it was just weird. I just looked yeah. weird. And I didn't feel right. And I was just like, this isn't like muscle. This isn't fat. Because either one of those, I don't care if I gain any of that. What I cared about was I looked swollen. And I was like, it's inflammation. It's like, and that's when I knew it has to be something. And so, and I had dealt with that since the pneumonia. And I'm like, is it from the pneumonia? Like, what is it from, you know? And we just couldn't figure it out. And once I told Nike that it was mold, I went to the Olympic trials a couple weeks ago now, and we were all sitting down at dinner, me and the Nike staff, because I was just watching the race, but it was the night before the race. And everyone came to just hang out with me and have dinner with me. It was really fun. And they were like, when we found out from Brett that it was the mold, like, we just wanted to cry. And like, we were mad. We were sad. Like, and Joan came up to me at that dinner. She's like, hey, I just want to wish you good luck tomorrow. And I was like... I'm not racing. She's like, I thought you were. I was like, no, I got oh. super sick. And da, 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 you know, yeah. and like, I'm here to cheer. And she's like, well, we need you there for that too. Yeah. And that was really cool. But like, but everyone was just like, we were so devastated for you. Cause like the data showed that I could have made the trials like two or three times during the last two years. Of course. It's just, I never had a race that day or that weekend or, you know, whatever it was. And, or I got sick, you know, yeah. right before it. And, um, we tried everything to avoid it, but but we were fighting a hidden enemy. But just to know that they cared about it as deeply, almost probably not as deeply as I did, but enough to where they were like, we wanted to cry and we were mad. Mm. And mm-hmm. Like just to feel so supported like that. Yes. And I was like, guys, I'm coming back. And uh, they're like, yeah, they'll probably drop the standard by a minute. I'm like, first of all, don't tell me that. Yeah. Don't. T- <laughs> Eight minutes was enough. Like, yeah. leave us alone, you yeah. know. And they're like, God. Holly, you can do it. Yeah. I was like, fine, I'll run 235. They're like, yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. And so, and they're just like, you're going to do it. And they're just so supportive still, you know, yeah. and they're like, you better keep us posted and, mm. you know, all the things. And anyway, yeah, it just, I still feel supported by them through all of this. And, you know, they're, I'm starting to run again. And, you know, I've been running for, this is my week two. Yeah. I ran five days in a row. I've, Allie, been, I've, like, been, seeing, I've been seeing you run and I just, I'm like, okay. I was like 10:20 pace on Saturday and uh 8:49 pace yesterday. So, hey, I was pretty stoked about that. I was yeah. like there's an 8 there. There's yeah. an 8. That's better than double digits and we're yeah. going and you know, yeah. and obviously it's all all relative, but for yeah. you especially like yeah. to be ha- racing at 6 yeah. minute pace and have my heart rate be at 173 last week at 10:20 pace. Oh my lord, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, um so how two questions how did you react when you found out it was the mold and then and then after that like what does it look like from here in terms of like do you have to like clean yourself out I know you had to clean your house out yeah we're still in the process yeah we had to move out of our house for six weeks we moved back in I all my symptoms came back which is why I've been coughing a little bit and we found out apparently you can still react to dead mold so all the mold got taken out when we replaced the furnace. We upgraded to a steel trunk line, so no more porous material in oh. our vents. And we got the ducts cleaned, and then we bombed the house. And I mean, it's just yeah. this huge thing. And uh, then we started containing every room and washing yeah. everything in the rooms. And we're like, do we need to wash the walls? No, probably not. 
Well, all my symptoms came back and come to find out um, one of the types of mold we had in our house that blew through our house can attach itself to walls and stuff. Um, and even though it's dead, if you're highly allergic to mold, you can react to dead mold. Cool. Yeah. Great. Super fun. Great. So my husband had to plastic off sections of the house and wash the walls with vinegar and vacuum the ceilings. And we have a massive house with massive ceilings. Yeah. I'm and, picturing your, like, entryway. And we, Yeah. Yeah, I have a picture, actually, of yeah. him doing <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> I might have seen that. It's pretty funny. We regret the size of our house on so many levels. But, um, but yeah, it was – so we got through that last week. I have started to feel better. Um, it's just, I think, going to take another few weeks. The pulmonologist told me – because he was trying to put me on all these inhalers. Right. Uh, the day before we found out it was the mold – he was like, you need to get on all these inhalers. This is the worst I've ever heard you. And he was working with me all year. And I went back to see him in January. And he's like, so the inhalers must help you sound awesome. I'm like, no, insurance denied all the inhalers. Like, Because he kept trying to give me different ones and never did the insurance allow it, which was insane. That's, That's a, a whole other conversation. Yeah, but uh, he was like, he was like, your lungs sound fine. He's like, you're going to be just fine. Because I told him we found out it was a mold. He's like, yeah. you'll be fine. I was like, do I need to go through a whole mold detox? Because yeah, I looked up some right. doctors here. And he was like, Holly, this is the most logical thing anyone's ever said to me. He goes, if you're allergic to a cat, do you scrub your cells for cat or do you get rid of the cat? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, you get rid of the cat. He's like, you got rid of the mold. You're going to be fine. And I was like, thank you for saving me $8,000. Like, right. you know, because it's expensive doing all these detox programs. And so I was like, well, okay. So I took his opinion. And then I went and saw my dietician, Jackie. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I was going to tell you, please don't do a detox because that could actually send your system into a tailspin. Yeah. And he's, she's like, let's just see how you do for a few right. months. Let's get it out of the house, out of yeah. your system. And that's always there. Yeah. If it ends up being like the last resort you need. Yeah, if I'm not getting better. Yes, yes. Yeah. But in the six weeks that we moved out of our house and my beautiful friend let me live in, all us live in her house <laughs> oh. for free for six weeks. I got better. Yeah. So I know I don't need yeah. some fancy program. Like, it it took care yeah. of itself. And when you found out, did you just, like, cry? I yes. feel like there's so much relief in, yes. like, oh, my God, I know. Like, yes. So, my, mo- my mom was sick for years, uh, years and years and years when I was little. Yeah. And it was horrible, like, horrible. And come to find out, she finally figured it out, this one doctor, mercury poisoning. She had a cracked filling that was leaking mercury Are into her body me? for years, and nobody could figure it out. Oh, my gosh. Finally, somebody figured it out. They got her through it, and, like, she was a new person. So I'm so excited for you to be able to get on the other side of that. Question: yeah. Another question, why, why don't you move out of your house? Uh, why don't you I burn get, it to the ground? Okay, so <laughs> firefighters and anyone in Yeah, you might get arrested for that. Please don't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we wanted to burn our house down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is actually the best solution, to be honest, um, is to just burn it down and rebuild. We don't have money for that and right. uh, can't commit insurance fraud. So, you know, like, so, yeah, can't do that. But so I get that question a lot. First, the first question is, how did I feel when I found out? I cried yeah. the entire day. My husband and I had to have a hard conversation because I tried to get the ducks cleaned years earlier and he just didn't think that's what it was coming from. But we he didn't know, you know. Yeah, that's hard. But he was so and this is the one thing my husband does really good at is uh he listened. And he I was like, I'm angry, but I'm not trying to be angry at you cuz I could have called the company too. 
Yeah. I could have called them. Put your foot and down done and then it like myself, we're doing it. Which is what ended up happening two years later is I did that and yeah. that's when we yeah. found out he felt so bad. I and know, it's not yeah. his fault. He's trying to figure it out too. Like, you know, but but he yeah. let me express that pain and just like mm-hmm. I could have made the try. Like, it stole everything from me. It stole my kids having a mom for two and a half years. It stole me for the Olympic trials. I mean, it stole so much. Yeah. And caused so much pain. Yeah. Like, I probably needed to have some trauma counseling from it. But, right. like, you know, like, it was a very traumatic couple yeah. of years, you know. Well, and, and for your, like, good for you not letting it steal your marriage. Because yeah. it would have been, it's, oh, and yeah. I'm sure it's still hard because the resentment that just, I mean, you yeah. have to, it's, it, real. It's, it's real. It's real. It's hard. But because he listened so well that first day and took ownership and apologized, yeah. like, I haven't felt that resentment towards that's him so at good. all. Yes, because that's hard. Because I was like, in all, all honesty, I could have called the company, too. Right. It's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. fault. Yeah. We didn't know. You know, he's like, how could there be mold in the dust? Like, to him, that yeah. just made no sense. Yeah. You know? But, but yeah. So, it was just this thing of, like, I cried. I called people. Mm. Um, that day, my friend called me. He was like, move into my house that's right so now. That's so great. Like, what a good friend. But then I became paralyzed because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, Mm. do we need to move out of the house? How bad is it? Do we not? Like, what is, Mm. you know? And Mm -hmm. so we had to go through all this testing. It was just, it was insane. It was a very, I shut down for probably a month. Yeah. Because it was just so overwhelming. The pain it caused, the disappointment, everything that I lost. Yeah. What my kids lost. I just couldn't function. So was anyone else in your family sick? So my... Oldest son kept having stomach pain that we couldn't figure out. Took him mm. to the doctors, couldn't figure it out. My younger son was having excruciating leg pain at night to where he couldn't sleep. Beyond growth pain, yeah, growing pains, couldn't figure it out. They were like, you're going to have to go to the orthopedic surgeon if it continues. We moved out of the house and neither one of them ever complained again about yeah, either, yeah. either issue. So yeah. it affected everybody differently. Josh had more like brain fog. I had everything, brain fog, pain, swelling, like all the, and it got worse this year. Yeah. This year was the worst of it. So we know like it was growing the most this last year. Ugh. It's just horrible to just it's picture and think we about. We found 13 vent covers with mold growing that I thought it was dirt. And it was mold. Damn. Yeah. I mean, poor, poor Teresa, she has suffered miscarriages. And can you, I mean, like, she's just thinking, I mean, everyone, or, or everyone, a lot of people, is what I meant to say, go through infertility issues, right? And so she's and just could, thinking. Could it be that? And and now that they know the mold, I mean, with her body being so sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, so they're, they're actually, they are moving out of their home. But, you know, gosh. If I, I mean, was her, I probably would too. Yeah. Like, I mean. That's, that's a whole other level of trauma. Yeah. And loss. And, and loss and yeah. devastation. Like, for me. Because it wasn't in the walls and it was in the furnace, right. we removed the furnace. We get a new one, get a new trunk line. The mold is – we retested yeah. our house. The mold didn't – not none of it even appeared on the report. Yeah. Whew. Thanks. So for me, I'm going to have the cleanest, most mold-free house in the freaking planet. Yeah. So why would I move? Right. Yeah. Like that's my opinion on it. And yeah. like – you know, we're going to get a certificate of remediation because it was so easy to remediate. You just take the furnace out, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And, and take the duct out and replace it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we upgraded with steel so it won't happen again, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, us reselling our house won't be a problem in 20 years or whatever right. because, like, it wasn't in the, the bones of the home. Right. But yeah. we're still getting a certificate of remediation just so people know. And yeah, that's that's smart. Yeah, my and I forgot to mention this earlier. Obviously, I mentioned Teresa, but my, my parents also went through this. So yeah. my parents... At their house in Carmel, 
had to get like they had a, a company they had a company come in and like literally like and my parents have a large home they had to like close down every floor wipe every cabinet every That's like what we're doing. I mean right and so they had somebody else do it yeah we just You're can't afford doing that. it yourself right it's like my uh, poor I'm trying husband to picture that like he had to do Ugh. it all himself because I react to the right. dead mold. Yeah. So he has to wash everything. God. Like, I'm washing the clothes and, and, you know, our mattresses were fine. And, like, I only found mold on a couple of mattress covers, which yeah. protected the mattress. Thank God. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's having to do all of it. Yeah, that's so hard. Well, and my – what I was going <coughs> to say is, like, now – they, I mean, there's like an air cleaner in every room in my parents' house now. We like, got a whole house air purifier yeah. attached, like built actual, into our furnace. Yeah. But yeah. we still run air purifiers throughout yeah. the house right now just for extra. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I think this is a really important PSA because especially yeah. where we live, like you said, there's a lot in Carmel. I'm tempted to have maybe not – we're in a like relatively new home. We've been there six years but we had water damage when we moved in. Some They forgot to put like a cap on the roof, which is just infuriating. So we're like, our friends came to see the new house. Like my friend's walking in the nurse, what was going to be the nursery. And he steps on the carpet and it's like squishy wet. Oh my and he's like, hey, did you like spill something here? And I was like, no. And so we found out the roof had been leaking. And so they had to come in and like redo the drywall in the bathroom and yada, yada. And I'm just thinking, really? Water damage in a brand new home when I'm about to have my first kid and this is my kid's room. So I haven't, we haven't revisited that, but like these discussions make me want to just like, Check. if Did something's growing. Did the flooring get changed? Did the no. padding? No, I mean, I would just pull the carpet up and check the padding. Because, like, mold doesn't necessarily grow in carpet, we found out. Yeah. Because we're like, do we have to replace all our carpets? And they're right. like, because they were pretty new when we bought the house. Um, and they said, no, we got them professionally cleaned and all the furniture professionally yeah. cleaned. Um, but they said the mats beneath the carpet, the padding. Yeah, I'm wondering. I say no, they didn't check them. I'm wondering. But I, regardless, it's like, okay, like, hearing what you've gone through, what Teresa's gone through, what my parents got, went through, yeah. it's just like, okay. Like, this is enough of if I didn't and come to find out years later, right? Right. Anyway, so we could probably continue talking about this mold issue. But, like, <laughs> I, I also want to make sure we have time to talk about um, your business, like sure, being an entrepreneur, yeah. how that relates to, like, the grittiness of running. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, your podcast and the Facebook community you've built. Yeah. So I just want to hear more about you as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So it's been very interesting because I actually couldn't work a lot while I was sick the last two and a half years. I've been trying to build a business for a while. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much since I left college. But the last two years have taken a dive just because I don't have the energy to keep up with it. Yeah. You know, and then in no December and November, I was like launching a podcast and like I've taken three months off that because <laughs> yeah. I just like I, I mean, we weren't in our house. Like we didn't have Internet for a while. Like it was just a whole chaotic thing. But now um, I'm getting back to it and I'm very excited. So I. I rebranded about a year ago to Grit Performance Coaching and decided I wanted to go more the mental fitness route when it comes to entrepreneurship. Mm. And I really wanted to marry the idea of sports psychology and business strategy because everything I've learned in running has applied to entrepreneurship. All the mental stuff, mm. you know, like <laughs> entrepreneurship isn't linear and neither is running. Like, yeah. you know, you have your good days, your bad days. It's putting in the reps um, and staying consistent that makes you grow a business into a successful business mm -hmm. or a podcast into a successful podcast, like being consistent with it. But if you're not, you know, and you have those times where 
you're just like throwing stuff out there and seeing what sticks like it just doesn't work very well and it's mm-hmm. same with running if you go run once a week or you know once every two weeks like I was doing that when I was trying to get yeah. back and dad every, that's my dad every run felt so hard <laughs> yeah. like but now that I've done like five days in a row like I'm finally back in the eight minute pace you know and yeah. I won't be there every day like I'll probably go back to the nines and tens you know for a while and you know eventually I'll get back to the five sixes and sevens you know but yeah. like there's so many lessons that parallel that that I was like okay I need to take this and, mm. and apply it to entrepreneurship and so I coach I, I love coaching and so I'm a business coach and entrepreneur coach um, when it comes to the mental side of things yeah that's so cool yeah well I feel like when I first met you too, I had had the wrong assumption that just given you were a runner, it was yeah. run coaching. I know. You, you think running and a coach. Oh, she's a run coach. I but know. No, it's in fact for entrepreneurs, for yes. businesses. Yes. So that you can, yeah, yeah. help them yeah. mentally, which is, it is such a roller coaster. It is. And I think, um, and my target audience is what I call athletic per- entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, what is that? And I'm like, if you know it, like if you are it, you know what that is. But, um, but it is entrepreneurs who are athletes. Yeah. Who like are you and I, yep. you know, like I'm my own target market. You know, I'm an <laughs> athlete and an entrepreneur. And, and that's really who it's for um, because they understand the analogies. Yeah. They understand the concepts of sport. And so it's easier for them to make the leap over to business mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship when I start to make those connections for them. Yep. Yep. And then talk about the community that you are building with yeah. Be Gritty. Yeah. So I have a Be Gritty Facebook group where I do live streams every Tuesday and talk about different mental fitness um, techniques, tools, um, and business strategies, productivity, accountability, things like that, mm-hmm. um, how to focus, you know. And so it's a free group. Anybody can join. You just have to answer a few questions to get in. And it's just called the Be Gritty Group. Uh, I think Facebook.com backslash the be gritty group or the be gritty group. <laughs> now I'm like, now I'm not sure. <laughs> like, eh. Wait, we can put it show us. But um, but yeah, and so it's for anybody who's an athlete and entrepreneur and uh, just wants to grow in their mental fitness. And um, yeah, I'm going to be launching some programs here in the next couple of weeks that people can sign up for. But I give a lot of free information in that group. Awesome. Yeah, I realize now I don't, I'm not in the group. I know. I was going to tell you, you need yeah, to join my I need group. To, I need <laughs> to be in the group. <laughs> Come be in my group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a contest right now this week where I'm giving away. Um, my favorite like mental fitness books oh. if you introduce yourself in the group. So this is a good week to join the group. Perfect. And I'll be like, and here's, Ho- here's Holly's story. She's on my yeah. podcast. Yeah, Here yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I love that. I personally love building community. I love being in parts of community. Yeah. I think that's why I love running so yeah. much. Same. And like back to your the whole Dreamweaver experience, yeah. like what an incredible community yeah. to be a part of for the rest of your life. Yes. The first it's not class. not going away in that in that sense. Like the program's yeah. ending. It was a two-year, two-and-a-half-year thing. But but like Gabby Rooker, who was like, you know, our biggest success, who's now a Nike pro athlete, you know, even her, she's like, she was in my group in the mini camp and she's like, we've um, grown pretty close and she's helped me through a lot of the medical stuff. She's like, go get tested for this, this, and this. Yeah. Like she's just always been there for me. And, you know, she's like, I can't wait to watch your comeback. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter anybody's level in the group. Everyone's so supportive. And, you know, from the pros to to those of us who are just, like, finding our way back to running, right. like, we're all just there for each other. Yeah. And I think it'll continue forever. And that's the kind of community I hope to build with entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. Is like, it doesn't matter where you are in the journey. If you're way ahead, we can help each other. And if we're way behind, we can help each other, you know, like, pull yeah. each other up. And, yeah. you know, so, Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you 
the end of the podcast questions okay. now. I have no idea how long we've been talking. I know. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. How long talking? I don't know. We got here at 10. Oh. So like an hour and a half. Oh, nice. Almost. This is going to be a long episode. I mean, it's hard, though. The Dream Reaper program was two years, and I couldn't talk about it for two years. There was yeah. so much to say. No. it's so. oh, And there was so much more you could have said, too. I know. I, you know, I always hate wrapping up because it's like, ah. Um, okay. Favorite running mantra or song? Yeah, so I have a couple. So I love Danny Gokey's music. I don't know. I just I don't know who it. that is. I need to. So look him up. I think he's actually a Christian artist, but um, but his songs are just very motivational. So it doesn't okay. even really matter like if you're religious or not. Like a lot of them are just really motivational, and the comeback is like I feel like that's just a theme of my life. So like <laughs> I love that song. Um, and then when I'm running like a marathon and I start to get tired, I always tell myself like. Uh, look strong so to remind myself good posture and running and good form and then look strong feel strong run strong and so I repeat that Mm. to myself because I'm like if I look strong I'll feel strong and then I'll run strong that's a good one yeah that's a really good one and then dare to be gritty oh yeah and then dare to be gritty yeah that's like my tagline kind of for my business is like just go for stuff sometimes you Mm. know like who cares if you fall flat on your face like I, I don't know. My my goal in life is to always push my limits and see where, where that line yeah. is. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll be 42 when the next Olympic trials come and I'll be 40 when the window opens. And I don't care. I'm going for it. Hell yes. I love that. I'm just going to dare. And I'm excited. I'm yeah. so excited to watch you come yeah. back. Yeah. I'm excited too. Yeah. Oh, and OK. And then next finish line obviously yes. next milestone is going to be getting <laughs> that running. olympic trials qualifier <laughs> well, though yeah. too like that yeah, is like that's the a big, big one that's the big milestone that's hanging out there the big goal yeah but what are you doing this spring anything or are you just trying to get back so i'm trying to get back so what i did was funnily enough my time at grandma's qualified me for the elite field at the indy mini so i was <laughs> like well i don't have to pay for it so i might as well cool. run it so i just i put that out there just to get me back i needed something on the calendar yes, to train for yes 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 so i'm not going to go out there and run any elite time but uh it'll probably be my longest run up until that point but you know i'm just going to go out there and give it my best and just have some fun Yeah, experience that i just need to fall in love with running again to be yeah, honest yeah. and um and then i signed up for the run 317 series i've never done it oh cool i saw that they opened that window yeah so i've never done it it's 5ks yeah. every month for five months and my goal this year is just to get fast yeah and low yeah. mileage because i'm a very high mileage runner yeah but my body needs a break yeah so low so mileage just... 5ks and let's see if we can finally break 18 minutes in the 5k by the Ooh, end of the year so okay that's okay. the goal yeah, I've been working on my speed now for uh, this will be my second year of speed. Nice. Like, so I'm feeling it. I'm getting yeah. faster. Um, the 5K is so hard for me. It's um, a hard distance. But you know, I uh, I'll probably do at least one of the 317 nice. series. Um, I would imagine. We'll see. Uh, I have, yeah. So you've never done any of those before? Not one. Yeah. There's one like in uh, I'm close to the village of West Clay in yeah. Carmel, and so there's one there. And so that one I've done. I've done the Fountain Square one. I think those are the only two I've done, actually. Yeah, I've never done them because they never fit in with marathon training. Right. But now I'm not marathon training. So, like, I don't even want to talk about a marathon for like two years. So, I'm like, 5Ks, let's get our speed back where 559 pace feels easy and or doable for 26 miles. Yeah. uh, And get back to something faster. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, um, and I'll see you at the mini. So I am yes. doing Ainsley's Angels, which means that oh, we yes. get to start with the wheels. Oh, I love that. And so you'll that. fly by us at some point. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's kind of fun to be like thinking about starting the race. Like I know. I've never done that. Yeah. Um, and so I'll get to see literally like 
a lot of people run by not hopefully not everybody obviously but um <laughs> yeah, yeah but it'll be it'll be fun yeah so thank you so much for doing this thanks for having me on uh, i'm so glad that we're, we know each other now and we're yes. friends now and that yes. i can cheer for you oh, and thank you i just same i'm so glad that you have this now behind you yeah almost i know it's not all the way but yeah we'll be cheering for you and i think you know i get one thing i would say to leave everybody with is like even when you're going through the worst of times for some reason it always works out there's something amazing happening at the same time and so I look back on the two years with the mold and the sickness, and I'm like, but I also had the Dreamweavers. Yeah. And I had all that support. And so I can never look back and say these were the worst two years of my life because it was also the best two years of my life. Yeah. And I think if we can all look for the silver lining mm. and find the good in it, like, it's a whole lot less traumatic. Yeah. Well said. So. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And happy running. Yay. Yay. <laughs>